Everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is the Mortgage Warrior, Chris Roberts over here at New Gen Pro Podcast. I got my good friend here, Jake Masajewski. He's going to be talking to us about his sales experience. I've worked alongside Jake. I've been a manager to Jake, and I've seen him be successful across three completely different industries. So I know you'll pick up some nuggets from him, and we're going to hop right on in. Uh, Jake, introduce yourself, kind of where you're from, where you grew up. Let's hear your, your background and your history. Uh, my name is Jake Machieski. I'm from Germantown, Wisconsin. Currently live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, a little bit of my history. I've been in sales since I was 15 and a half, since the day I could get a job. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I started selling jewelry at JCPenney when I was 15 and a half, and I worked 10 hours a week, and I transitioned there. I worked I did that for like three years throughout high school, and I rocked it. It was awesome. It was like the best first sales job you could ever get. It was a mix of interacting with every different kind of person you could interact with and still having to upsell, even though you weren't selling anything really big ticket, you gave that a lot of opportunities to upsell. So it was a good start for me. Um, a little bit of my background in sales. I started in the car industry as far as my first uh, big sales job and big opportunity. Uh, I started an old school dealership that had been around for many, many years. And I got thrown in with the wolves when I was 20 years old and barely any sales experience. And I want to say that is 100% what shaped me to the salesperson I am today. Yeah. And then we worked together in auto. That was our first connection is we helped. Uh, I think we both started on the floor and then we managed the internet department. And then I moved into finance. And then from there, we switched to door-to-door sales. And then now you're in a business-to-business sales role too. So yep. um, let's talk a little about that, man. What do you do now? What's your? I know you're in business-to-business. Tell everybody kind of what you're about now. And then we'll get into some of the things that have made you successful and kind of your vision and things you do in your daily life that help you get ahead. Yeah. So right now uh, I work for a company called Schwab. We do uh, business supplies, uh, stamps, we do signage, we do pretty much anything you could think of that you could print and put on something or hang. I mean, there's a lot of different things. It's not glamorous, but there's opportunity. Um, I see it bigger than what it is. What I do now is peanuts in comparison to the big production. And uh, I've made it clear and I've made my mark on securing bigger accounts and working on, I guess, and what brings into what we're transitioning into is you know, what makes me successful, what I think makes salespeople successful is looking beyond what you're doing now. No complacency. What I'm doing now is not that big. It's peanuts. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at the big stuff and what we do. Big sign deals, big accounts, um, you know, anything bigger than what I'm doing. You always want to look ahead. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. So I'm doing that now. And uh, today, actually, I'll be securing my first big account. I, I secured uh, networking through my current sales that I'm working with. Just someone that said, hey, we got bought out by this company. They need someone to do this. And I put my foot in that door. I said, I can be that guy. Yeah. Put in a bid, we secured the deal. You know what I mean? How'd that come about? Did you like, what, what's your strategy usually when you start to get a little bite on the line? Cause I know a lot of salespeople, you kind of have two strategies. It's like a fish, right? You got to yank it real hard at first and hope it hooks. Sometimes it falls out of the mouth of the fish, but what do you, what do you do to kind of reel that business in? don't oversell myself. A lot of people will see that opportunity and they'll be like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm on it. Like I got to say everything in my repertoire to secure the sale. It's not about that. It's about understanding where you stand with that person, your relationship you built, whether you got in good standing. Like this woman I had worked with multiple times. I had helped her with multiple things. All my orders went in smooth and nothing went bad. And I called her on a whim 
because I had saw her name on my list. I'm like, I'm going to check in with her. She had said she had some future business for me. I kept my notes on that and I, she had future business for me. So I said, Hey, how are we doing? What, you know, are we touching base on that future business? And that's when I transitioned to actually, this is where we're at. And this is the opportunity I have for you. I can put your name out there and send that out to them. And they yeah. immediately reached out to me. And then from there, I just casually told them and in, in, in my best way, in my most professional way, what I can do to help them. They didn't necessarily need to shop around. They didn't, they, they wanted someone who could provide the services they wanted. But the reason I sold is because I listened to what they needed and I provided that. I didn't try and sell them on something they didn't need. It, tra- yeah. it goes into, you have two ears and one mouth. That's like literally one of the best things I've ever learned in my sales experience is you have two ears and one mouth. I listened to what she wanted and I provided the services and the goods that she needed. Yeah, dude, it's funny. It's like the, the basic things work the best. And mm-hmm. you know, one thing that I've always ad- admired about you when you work together is you're not afraid to pick up the phone. That's no. huge too. Like when we were in the dealership, I would venture to say we probably made 90% of the phone calls outbound of the dealership. And Correct. it's it's when you have that conversation and you talk to people like they're people, mm-hmm. not like dollar signs or money. It's crazy. Isn't it crazy the kind of opportunities it brings up? That is like the biggest thing you can say. And a lot of salespeople don't realize this. And like really successful ones, the ones you feel comfortable buying from, like you and I as, as consumers, ones we feel comfortable buying from are the ones that treat us like friends, the ones that treat us like we're someone to them, not just a sale. And that's they the They think about you. Yeah. They think about you and they think about building that short-term relationship. You may never see them again. But if you're willing to build that short time frame relationship, like you're a friend of theirs, like you're there to help them and show them that you are there to help them, that's the difference. That's all the difference. It's relationship building. Yeah. How is your sales experience different throughout the years? I know you said at first you were throwing them at the wolves. What was that like? And what did you learn in that atmosphere versus now you're working kind of off of inbound leads and lists and things like that? Tell me about the two different contrasts in those industries and what you like about both. I would say I wish that most salespeople could have gone through what I went through. I walked into a dealership as a 20-year-old kid who knew nothing, and I literally was just thrown out there, and I had to figure it out. When I saw how much money I could make, that's when it clicked in my head. I, I got to figure this out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I have to figure it out. Like There's no like, oh, I'm you know this, this, or that. You, you got to figure it out. So I watched people. I listened. I was trained by decent people, but I had people around me that wanted me to fail because they saw that I was a threat to them. Mm-hmm. like anything. So it was a lot of hearing no. It was a lot of making mistakes. One thing I think that people struggle with in everything is being afraid to make mistakes. And I tell my girlfriend this, I tell a lot of people this, you cannot be afraid to fail. It's when you fail and you don't learn from that failure is that you don't get better. So what I did is I failed a ton for my first year. I was good because I was naturally good at talking to people, but I failed a ton at the, the opportunities <laughs> I could have had. But I learned from those and exactly where it comes into two ears and one mouth, people talk themselves out of everything. They over talk people that are trying to teach them. Mm -hmm. So I listened, I learned, I learned from my mistakes often. Like I said, I made a lot of them, but it made me better. And the one thing I can say, I think that this is like the diamond in the rough nugget from my early on career is as much as you may not like someone you're working with, you can learn something from everybody. That's true, man. I swear by that, no matter how much you don't like someone, the guy who's a musty guy in the corner who doesn't look like he could sell a candy bar to a hungry kid probably has something good to say. And something I got good some to trick, from. man. You can, something. That's huge. I, I know, like, <clears throat> I mean, we've all seen it. 
where salespeople have a really bad month and that spirals them into a second bad month into a third bad month. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that mindset. can happen so freaking quickly in our industry yep. where uh, I like that, that growth mindset is it's so valuable, mm-hmm. right? If you start looking at people as a growth opportunity instead of a, a personality conflict, I mean, you can learn. And the thing is, the guy who's the biggest asshole or the <clears throat> woman or whoever, they're, I bet you they, they're going to teach you how to overcome objections because mm-hmm. they, they're indifferent about everything, right? That's Correct. usually what that abrasiveness is. It's the indifference. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you have the, like, the bubbly people. That's where I learned how to network. I was like, all right, I got to act like that. I'm not good at it, but I'm going to act like that, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's part of it's being a chameleon too. And you say that, and a lot of it's being a chameleon. I, I naturally am a little bit introverted. But if yeah. you talk to me on the, on the street, if you talk to me at work, you'd be like, holy crap, this guy, you know, he's a talker. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's who I am. I'm able to turn it on and off because I do enjoy talking to people. I enjoy building relationships. When I get home, I like being by myself, you know, but you got to yeah. be a chameleon. You got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone and talk to new people, not be afraid to be rejected and say, dude, get away from me. Cause I've had a million people tell me, don't talk to me, leave me, you know, leave me alone. Yeah. Can't be afraid to be told, leave me alone or anything like that. You got to be able to face rejection and move on from that and be either be able to find out why they're rejecting you and overcome it yep. or just learn when's when, you know what I mean? And it, it's hardly personal and it's very hard to blow up a solid deal. You know, that's true. 100%. That's what a lot of young salespeople I feel like don't know either. I mean, we're young, right. But like, yeah, when we were started, you'd kind of tiptoe around negative things because you're afraid to blow up the deal. And then the manager comes out and just goes, listen, this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. The guy gets, the guy or girl gets upset and then the deal closes anyway. Yep. It's like, well, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know I could do that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so what's your kind of, you know, taking all your sales experience, what's your vision for growth? Like what is, what is Jake's, next growth vision step look like? What are you hoping to achieve? I want to put myself back in that, in that upper echelon of salespeople. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to be sitting here doing what I'm doing forever. I want to be the best at what I do and not in a cocky way. Like I want to be the best. No, I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to find myself in an industry that I truly enjoy and that I can make a living for myself and help other people. One thing you and I have a lot in common is we genuinely do like to help other people. Mm-hmm. And the hardest part of that is getting people to understand and you know, the consumer that we actually are there to help them. And that's right. something I want to work on. I want to find an industry like what you're doing that I can grow in and we can grow together and that you can help people and still help yourself. You know what I mean? Dude, there's nothing better than the smile on a customer's face. Like hundred percent. Don't get me wrong. Like sales, sales, I heard once sales can be the easiest way to earn six figures the hardest way to earn $50,000 a year. It, it Literally, however you make it. But I, I think a lot of it comes down to like all the successful salespeople I know truly enjoy when their customers close and they're happy. Yep. Like 100%. they're so invested in that relationship. And that's where I think a lot of people miss it. Like you watch some of the movies out there on sales and they make it seem very like cutthroat, but it's not actually like that. Like even those people in those movies, or movies they're based off of when you listen to them, like in real life, they're like, no, that's not me. Like part of it. Yeah. But we're all about relationships. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty, that's, that's cool vision. And 
talk to me a little bit about like your daily habits. So when you, when you get in the office, what are some daily habits that you've had throughout the years that have been consistent? Like just one or two daily habits that you do every day consistently that's made you successful. So that way our, our listeners can pick up on something. One thing, and this is recently I've done, and you say you see over time, but I, I, I've actually found something personally lately that I've changed that's helped me a lot is when I walk into the office, I'm in the office. I'm not in my outside life. I'm not listening to my, you know, I'm not texting all the time. I'm not, you know, I put my phone down and I'm, I'm in the office. I'm not there to talk to who and who and also do my job. You know what I mean? You got you to gotta learn to separate those two. And it sounds maybe really dumb or like simple, but it's a big thing. And I think it's something I struggle with with separating the two. So when I get in the office, I'm in the office to work. I'm in the office to do my job. I start my day out strong because if you start your day off lazy, your whole day is going to be lazy. Mm-hmm. If you say, ah, I'm going to start slow this morning. I'll get to that email later. That day's ruined. It's gone. I promise. Right. You, you're, unless, unless you're a lucky guy or a lucky girl and you come across something big throughout your day that makes your day good, good for you. But if you don't start off your day running, you're not going to have a good day. You got to start off running. You got to keep a positive attitude. Yep. It's something that I have struggled with and done really well with is you're going to start your day off strong, but if you start off on something bad happens to you, you got to overcome that and you got to keep pushing. Some people have, Oh, I know organizational habits. No, it's mental habits for me. Everything is mental. That's a great part. And you start strong and you set that precedence for the day, you know? Yep. You have to, you have to, what's your strong start then? Are you on the phone right away? Are you, Mm -hmm. what, you know, Hit what is phone. that strong start? I, I, I plan out my day. I look at what opportunities I have. So I have my, you know, my calendar. I say, this is what I have for the day. What opportunities are there that I know are there? Okay. So I take those, those opportunities. I know I set myself up for, and I save those for the time that's going to take the least amount of time. It's being efficient with your time, you know, mm-hmm. work smarter, not harder. So those ones I don't need to do right now in the morning, those done deals. There's no reason to do those in the morning, right? Because mm-hmm. your morning is your most productive time. That's when most other people's productive time is. So when I call them, I want to hit them when they're being productive, not at the end of the day when they're like, uh, whatever. Those deals I know are secure and done. Those mm-hmm. can wait, right? Yeah. What, what's the point of doing them right away? Yeah, I, I want to get on the phones. I want to hit my emails and I want to get out to those people immediately. So I'm going off running. Those sales will be there. They're not going anywhere. If you did your yeah. job right, they're going to be there, right? You close business now when you walk in, let's say you get in the office at 8 or 9 a.m., they're still going to be closed at, 2 p.m. Correct. But then you can start and, and really that, that's great. I think that's like just a, such a big nugget that people should take advantage of. Um, everybody I know screws that up, right? Like people all the time will drop the ball and you start off your day negative and think about that, man. That's Those are your worst days. Yeah. And you might sound like catch 22. You're like, well, why wouldn't you want to start off with a big sale and then build from there? Okay. Let's well, say you start with that big sale. You're, you know, you're an hour deep into your day and all you've done is secure a sale that you spent an hour yesterday doing. What's right. the point in that? Use downtime during your day. I promise. Unless you're like the craziest, busiest person in the world, you have downtime that you can use for that. But right. why not work hard and build yourself something new for that day or set yourself up for tomorrow? You know yeah. what I mean? And it, it sounds like a catch 22, but it's not because you want to start your day productive because productivity is stronger than done deals. Yeah, dude. You know? Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the dreams, man. What's what's the Jake dreams in the future? Tell me, like, what's your dream lifestyle? What, you know, what, what does that look like? A balance of working for myself. I, I want, at the end of the day, I want to work for me. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to make someone else money. And 
that's just the reality of the world we live in for a while. You're going to have to make someone else money, right? Mm -hmm. You have to, I mean, in order, for the most part, but I want to make money for me. Money's not everything, but I want to be self-sufficient. I yeah. also want to find that mix of what I think everybody in the world finds hardest is getting paid well, being happy, feeling fulfilled and having time, right? Right. Those are like the four things that everybody wants. And some jobs, it's either you're not happy, you make a ton of money, and you have a lot of time, you don't have a lot of time. You know, one of the, it's always right. Two you're or always three. negotiating on one of them, one Correct. or two of them. My goal is to find something where I can help people make other people's lives better. Because one thing in me in my life and that I've thought of my career is I want to do something where I'm helping other people. We're not on this mm -hmm. earth for a long time. Right. Why not try and make it better? Why not try and if everybody was there for themselves, this world would be doomed. Mm -hmm. So you gotta you got to think outside of that. You got to have some kind of moral fulfillment and you have to be willing to want to do things for other people. So yeah. my goal is not anything specific. It's that I want to be self-sufficient, happy, have time for my family, be able to raise a family and be able to help other people. That's as simple yeah. as that. It really you is. have so much time too. Cause you're young. How old are you? 25, 25, man. You're you're so young, dude. You're, you're good. You got so much time to figure out what you want to do. It, it's really, it's a great point is I think uh, a lot of people, there's certainly niches you can jump into and like things you can learn, mm -hmm. but even though you're making money for somebody else, and a lot of us in sales are, we say we're our own business owners, but a lot of us are, have a parent company or an overhead company. Right. And it's, it's still a strong way to learn because you mm -hmm. learn all these different sales strategies. In my office, our age range is from 24 to 63. And we have like, we have like 12 people, I think, in our office. Like just the variety of conversations I can have and learn off of people every day is valuable in itself. And then it leads right to what you're saying. I think that's every salesperson's you know, eventual dream, hopefully, is to have your own business and your own company. And then you have other salespeople who just want to sell. And that's totally mm -hmm. fine, too. That's their balance. Yep. That, that's good. That Everybody's you have, different. That's good. You have a grasp on it already at 25. And I, I'd say this, and this is a piece of advice I've struggled with. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to go on my, I'm going to, I'm going to diss myself. I'm going to say, this is something I struggle with big time. Mm -hmm. It's wanting to, it's expecting to be somewhere. At one point when I was very successful, I expected to get a job. You know what I mean? I expected mm -hmm. to move up. I expected to be that person. There's no expectation. There's none. You, right. Nobody will bring you to where you want to be besides yourself. So you, complacency is the biggest enemy, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think complacency is a huge enemy. Sales and, roller coaster. And, and, and the phrase dressing for success or dressing for the job you want, is not a dumb phrase and it's real. You may not dress every day like you want, but if you act like the person you want to be, like the CEO of your company, say, I, that's where I want to be, you know, say that if that's where I want to be in, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. If you want to be that, emulate it. Yep. Build their habits. Watch the people that are successful and carry some of those habits. They're, they're doing it for a reason. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I always loved them. Um, and I know that you and I have both experimented with this, but I always challenge people do a pitch in shorts and a t-shirt and do a pitch in a full suit for whatever reason psychologically when you're in the suit your pitch is tighter 100%. your confidence is more and there's i'm sure there's some psychological reason i don't know and i 
I think I know quite a bit about psychology, but there is definitely a psychological thing that happens in your head and that pitch becomes super tight. You know what I mean? You don't see people going to court cases in jeans and a t-shirt. No. Right. They always have a suit on. (laughs) And with that, it's, it's psychology, it's demeanor, it's body language. Another thing. And I think I wanted to touch on, I'm kind of going a little scattered, but it goes with that is, is body language demeanor. I mean, if it's our friend, Steven, he'll tell you one thing. I have a great handshake. I'm not trying to break. I have a great handshake. I've practiced it. A good handshake and good eye contact will make a person think, okay, there's a difference here. Cause someone that just comes up, yep. Nice to meet you. But someone goes, it's really nice to meet you. Looks you in the eye and shows good demeanor, good body language and projects that to them. People yep. feed off that people feed off body language. You know, if you're sitting there, <sighs> People yeah. don't like that. You're not going to, what are you, who are you going to say? You could be wearing a suit. You could wear a suit all day, but if you sit there like this all day, if you're like, you know, nobody's going to want to buy from you. It's demeanor. Yeah. It's being, it's acting like who you want to be. It's, it's, you've got to portray that. You, people feed off that. Totally. I will, I'll plug right here. I stand behind this 2000%. I think the salespeople that invest not everything in just the sales process, but in the body language and nonverbals, those are the ones that are always much more successful. I feel like than the ones who just get processed down. Correct. Um, I, 100%. I would almost venture to say you should invest double in learning body language and public speaking. Then you should even worry about the sales process. If you can't confidently speak to someone, it doesn't matter how well you know that process. Nobody will believe you. Yep. If you don't have tone inflection, the ability to... <sighs> what's the word I'm looking for? Sympathize, you know, yep. understand social situations, talk to different kinds of people. The, the people we meet every day are not the same as the other people. Everybody's different. You have to learn to cater to different people. So yep. you can have a sales process down. I watch people, we watch, you and I have watched people who have the sales process down to a T. Oh my God. And they're just and, like, it's so painful. It's painful to watch because they just don't even try. They just, yeah, you, know, like you just need that one thing to click and you can be a millionaire. You have the process down perfect. I'm right there with you. Invest. And what a lot of people don't realize about the nonverbals, it sets the precedence. It also helps you control the sales process, actually. 100%. 100%. Because when somebody is pausing it, you can now know, okay, well, I'm going to posture this way. I'm going to move around to the side of the desk. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back looking more confident than I do right now. Right? And then you wrap it around to... Two ears, one mouth, learning yep. when to speak to people. Yep. People will talk, talk, talk. And it goes with the body language. They'll talk, they'll talk, they'll talk. And they'll be like, the person never even had a chance to say what they want. Because 90% of the time, the customer will tell you what they want, whether you know it or not. You need to be willing to listen. And that's like that, that cringeworthy thing, right? You know the sales process. You don't know the body language. Yep. You're asking that question. And they're just like, I don't want to talk about this. And you just mm-hmm. keep Oh, well, what about that? I don't want to talk about this. And you just see this really painful like grind out of a deal that might take 30 minutes if you just talk to the person for the first 10. Yep. Dude, you learn huge. about what they want. People tell huge. you what they want. And the end, that, I don't care what industry you're in. That's a nugget. Listeners, People, watchers, that's okay. a nugget. Write that one down. Seriously, I, I promise you. And I learned this uh, from, and I'll plug them, the Boucher group. Uh, they, yep. They're a big group. They focus on sales training. That's their, their biggest thing is that they put you through two weeks of intensive sales training. And a lot of it's good. Some of it's, you know, basic stuff, but they'll tell you, they'll learn to tell you when not to talk, how to 
gather information because just a casual conversation can tell someone exactly what they want from you. They, they'll, they'll tell you, people love to brag about themselves. People yep. love to talk about themselves as much as you and I do. Mm-hmm. So they'll tell you. And then you have to be able to ask qualifying questions. You got to be able to ask other than that, what would stop us from doing business? You know, stuff like that in a maybe more subtle way, but you know, you got to be able to ask those questions and learn how to ask them and get the respect to ask them that you got to earn people's respect in order to ask them for their business. Right, man. No, I'm right there with you. Those are all good points. I mean, geez, this hasn't been a long podcast, but there's been a lot of nuggets in here. So, um, Let's wrap up. How can people get a hold of you? Are you on social media? Uh, what are ways that people can connect with you if if they want to hear more from the Jake Jake world? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you my email and you can plug that with the podcast. I have a specific email I'm starting up just for me and, and my marketing world. Um, cool. I'm always here to coach. You know, if you want to contact me on social media, um, my social media is just my name, Jake Machieski. We'll plug that in there. Um, I have a lot of experience. I'm also willing to learn and I want people to be open to come to me and say, and give me situations. And I just love going through, you know, scenarios. We, you and I, yeah. we shat, we shadow talk about stuff all the time before it even happens. And We're I'm always, drilling. Do that. always yep, drilling. drilling. If you, if you need, if someone's out there and I, I, you know, Jake, you sound like a guy I could talk to drill with me. I'm always here to talk and learn more because there's always more to learn. Hey, that's always. why, that's why I wanted to start this podcast, man. I want to build the community of the new gen professionals so we can all collab together i'm sure we'll have you back on it's been a pleasure and we'll connect soon man absolutely i'm so happy to be here thank you so much i appreciate it all right later